0: Helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, this is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network, with your host, Paul Engel. There's a quote often attributed to Benjamin Franklin. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. While it appears Mr. Franklin borrowed this idea from an English actor, Christopher Bullock, it does succinctly state something true. Today, however, it appears we need to add a new certainty, that of those who will ghoulishly stand in the bodies of others to promote an agenda to infringe on people's right to keep and bear arms. Sometimes their pleas are emotional, others intimidating. Then there are those who prove the adage, better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and prove it. The one thing all of these calls for more gun control seem to have in common is a complete disregard for reality in pursuit of a utopian future that cannot exist well hello there everyday americans paul engel here with the constitution study this is where we read and study the constitution we teach the rising generation be free and i'm glad you could join me today you know firearms gun control self-defense these these are perennial topics because well one we see them all the time around us at least we should but they seem to be routinely under attack There's nothing as certain as death and taxes. And then the idea of a mass murder, even before the bodies are cold or we have a clue what was going on, there will be those who will be standing up calling for the punishment of the innocent uh, 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 Americans for the acts of the criminal, often the mentally unstable, if not outright insane. And, you know, sometimes these um, these attacks, I mean, they're routine, right? the, the we have to we, we have to have what was it assault weapons uh ban assault weapons creating the fact that assault weapon has been a term made up by politicians to scare people um that uh they're the only assault any weapon is an assault weapon if it's used to assault somebody There is a term called an assault rifle used in the military, but that's limited to things, by the way, that are generally not available to the public without, well, special licensing and registration by the federal government, thanks to the Tenton National Firearms Act. There's the call for, you know, uh, uh, more restrictions on who you can buy, when you can buy, and how much you can buy. And you know what I find interesting is very often, if you even look at the laws they propose, the changes they propose, and you say, would this have stopped the. Atrocity, you're complaining about. More often than not, the answer is no. And there's some really you know, uh, tremendous examples. Of, but sometimes, like I said, people just put their foot in their mouth. Now, if you want to know about guns, I suggest you not listen to well some media hack that uh, uh, wouldn't know the right end of a firearm to point at somebody. Then you know, because some of the stuff they say is just utterly ridiculous. For example, listen to this short interchange uh, between Joy Behar and Sarah Haynes on The View.
1: So before we went to commercial, Sarah didn't get a chance to weigh in on the uh, topic of what happened in Maine and the AR-15s. Yeah, I, I would love to see an assault weapons ban like President Reagan. I don't believe they're a sport or hunting um, uh, instrument it's like shooting fish in a bucket but that's my but take. also if you shoot with an ar-15 let's say you shoot a deer you, you can't can... eat it because you basically demolish in addition the to
0: that but the... okay let's let's break this down let's start with the the less stupid statement so sarah haynes says you know oh she's for an assault weapons ban because they're not useful for hunting well who said that the second amendment had anything to do with hunting I know a lot of you, know, they claim, oh, it's there, it's there, it's there. The problem is the Second Amendment is not about hunting. The Second Amendment reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Does Ms. Haynes think that, the, that, that your state's security is going to be threatened by Bambi? Does she think that, you know, going out and hunting, uh, you know, a turkey, deer, bear, moose, elk, that that is the threat to the security of the state? No, it's people. It is out-of-control governments. It's governments that want to tell us, oh, you're not essential, you cannot work. You need to be shut down, you need to be locked down. You, you're you not allowed to say that, that's an infringement, you're, that's misinformation. You're not allowed to say that. That's what these are for. The security of a free state, whether that be the robber breaking into your door or the government official infringing on your rights, the Second Amendment has nothing to do with hunting. The framers were not worried that Bambi and Thumper were going to come and take your guns. That is a stupid, ridiculous, foolish statement. But it's repeated over and over and over again, ad nauseum. But this new one from Joy Behar... Oh my God. That's my. But also,
1: if you shoot with an AR 15, let's say you shoot a deer, You can't eat it because you basically demolish it. In addition to that, but the.
0: Talk about the blind leading the blind. I'm telling you, Joy Behar just led Sarah Haynes into the stupid pit. I doubt Joy Behar has ever touched an AR 15. A 223 round, a 556 round, the the runs. You know, the funny thing about this is. one of the reasons why the military went to the 223 or the 556 NATO, um, as the technically the words they use, is because they didn't want to blow up the the opponent. They wanted to wound them. They wanted smaller, lightweight ammunition, and they, by the way, they're required to use what's called full metal jacket to lessen the likelihood of simply exploding or tearing off body parts. They wanted something that would kill, but would kill. I guess you'd say humanely, but it doesn't blow stuff up. Trust me, I have an AR-15. I've hunted deer. Trust me, an AR-15 is not blowing a deer to smithereens. It might blow a squirrel to smithereens, but not a deer. So here you have Joy Behar blatantly saying something that is not only foolish, she made it up out of thin air. She, pulled this, she either pulled this nonsense out of her backside, or she's listening to some idiot who pulled it out of their backside. But now here she is on national television, and she has every right to say this. Just as every right to show, it shows that Joy Behar, when it comes to firearms, is an absolute ignoramus and should not be trusted for anything she says. And Ms. Behar, I doubt anybody in your program listens to this, to this program, but I'll tell you what, you come out to Nashville, Tennessee, and I will show you an AR-15. I will help you shoot safely. I will teach you how to safely operate an AR-15 and prove to you it is not the explosive round you are thinking of when it's used. And by the way, the AR-15 happens to be a very good weapon for self-defense if we get rid of some of the limitations that have been put on it by these gun control idiots, like collapsible stocks. You go to some stage, you can't cut a collapsible stock. Do you know why a collapsible stock is so good? Because I'm, you know what? I'm much taller. I'm several inches taller than my wife. I have longer arms than my wife, which means I can use a longer stock, but it's too long for her to operate properly. Same with my daughter. So she wants a stock that can collapse. Hey, now I've got one weapon. I can use it. My wife can use it. My daughter can use it. And all I'm doing is changing the length of the stock. But according to... To others, this makes it an assault weapon the The fact that I can change how long the, the 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 part is from the back of the actual gun to the the part that hits my shoulder from the receiver to my shoulder, changing how long that is makes it somehow an assault weapon, more proof that they're absolute idiots and by the way, I've made this challenge before. I'll show you you know what a two two three round is It's not that big. I carry a there's actually a a the the bullet. In my handgun is larger than the bullet that comes out of a 223. Now coming out of two, out of out of an AR-15, it comes out much faster, which gives it a lot more energy. But it's actually a smaller bullet. And again, Ms. Behar, anyone on the view, I offer you, anyone, I'll even tell you what, not even the stars. You send some of your producers out here, and I will be more than happy at my own expense to show you just how not scary an AR-15 is. In fact, it's funny because a lot of people who um, were, were, were very anti-gun, when they actually tried it, they said, hey, you know what? This is actually, this is kind of cool. And of course, you know, Ms. Behar and Ms. Haynes weren't alone. It didn't take any time at all for Joe Biden to suddenly call for more gun control measures, which I find, you know, terribly disgusting. Here you are dancing on the graves of the dead and you're calling for measures and you don't even have a clue, A, if anything that you're calling for is legal, if it's constitutional, but B, would it have made any difference? Remember, the man in Lewiston, Maine legally purchased his firearm. He went to a gun store. He passed a background check. He bought it legally. But while President Biden's making a statement, oh, we've got to do something, they're still happening. You know what doesn't happen? Look at how often these gun control laws simply are not enforced. Now, I'm not saying they weren't enforced against uh, the this mass murder. This mass murderer um, did, did seek treatment for mental health. He was not voluntarily involuntarily uh, confined, so he did not trigger Maine's yellow flag law. In other words, he went out and bought a firearm legally because he wasn't on the list. Because guess what? Background checks don't look into the future. They look at a person's background. And until they develop a crystal ball that will tell you which person is going to become violent and which person isn't, they're of limited value. But you see, that doesn't matter to the gun control crowd, like Biden or Harris or all the others. They're not calling. We have to have a red flag law. Wait a second. A red flag law... um. May not have stopped this how many how many um how many mass murders have taken place in in places where there are red flag laws, and the person didn't trigger the red flag law and oh by the way are you more than willing to infringe on the rights of millions of Americans in order to, for a false sense of security? Uh, Benjamin Franklin had a saying about that. he said those that would have trade an essential liberty for the temp- promise of a temporary safety, deserve neer- neither liberty nor safety. That's exactly what they're calling for. And of course, where's Ms. Harris? Oh, we have to do like uh, like the Aussies did, right? The Aussies confiscated weapons. They call it a buyback. You can't buy back something you never had in the first place. It was a paid compensa- confiscation. Uh, but look at the data. There's actually more guns in Australia now than before the confiscation. But thinking again about the red flag laws, okay, so you're telling me that you are willing to deprive someone of their rights without due process because a small handful of them might do something bad and dangerous? How about the number of criminals in these these, 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 these areas where the district attorney's um refuse to prosecute crimes or or offer, you know, plea deals and and reduced sentences and uh, you know n- 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 bail nonsense for people with violent criminal histories. If you're not going to enforce the law, what's the new law going to do? I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to discourage law-abiding citizens from getting the best tools and training to protect themselves, not just from you and your gun confiscations and your your censorship and and your lockdown nonsense, but from the very criminals that are causing these attacks. See, it is not the gun that caused the death. It was the individual. If this guy had showed up the bowling alley with bombs, hand grenades, uh, knives, if he'd simply driven his car through the bowling alley, or gotten rented a truck filled it up with you know fertilizer and fuel oil and sent it off out front would the people be any less dead no this is a political agenda and i find all the people that use a political a tap dance on the graves of the victims and their families the heartstrings of their families to make a a an emotional plea for something that has been proven not to work Look at the cities with the greatest gun control, the most strict gun control. Look at the at the states with the most rigorous, strict gun control laws. They also have the cities with the highest murder rate, the highest rate of gun violence. Maine is actually the outlier because Maine has relatively loose gun control laws. But you know what? They also have very, relatively few gun violence. This is the exception. But you have these politicians and activists who are more than willing to punish everyday American citizens for the bad action of, in this case, one mentally disturbed man in Maine. Do you trust them? Would you trust them to protect any of your rights? Because they've proven they don't care. And of course the one question they never seem to want to answer why was it there was nobody in the bowling alley nobody in the restaurant that was prepared to defend themselves why was it was it that the the people were discouraged or was it made unlawful for them to carry in other words did the number of people who died in Maine have to be that high could it have been that as soon as this crazy person showed up and started shooting if there were others that were prepared to shoot back to either kill him drive him away or just you know keep him pinned down while law enforcement came what would have been different that's why i get so aggravated it's why i do as as often as possible i refuse to do business with a with a an entity that won't let me carry They say, well, we don't want guns here. Well, guess what? Guns are coming whether you like them or not. The question is, do you want somebody like me who's willing to stand and defend you to be able to do so? Why do you want to disarm me, the one who wants to defend you, while your sign does absolutely nothing to stop the maniac, like the guy in Maine, from coming in and doing his dastardly best to kill you? I gotta take I gotta take a break. Maybe lower my blood pressure a little bit before I go. Though I I hope you'll head to the website ConstitutionStudy.com. I hope you check out our Patriots program. Uh, This is the program put together. It's it's a three-tiered program. It's it's a a three-track program designed to help you be a, a better patriot. To to whatever group or or movement you're involved with, how can we help you be better? Through education, through tools of communication through uh, finding minute men and women that are willing to stand at a moment's notice to come to the defense of others when their rights are being infringed. You can find out more at constitutionstudy.com patriots. Just remember, this is an invitation-only program. To, be in, to get a chance to be invited, you have to f- complete the boot camp, which you can find on that page, constitutionstudy.com patriots. Also, I-, I don't know if you realize this, but sleep is crucial to a healthy lifestyle. Now, there are a lot of people that try sleep aids that are based on hormones, but those hormones can cause other disruptions in your body. Which leads me to restful sleep from The Wellness Company. It uses natural ingredients to calm the mind, reduce stress, so you get a better, more restful night's sleep. It's gluten-free, vegetarian, manufactured right here in the good old USA. It's backed by documented research. It's vetted by the chief medical board of The Wellness Company. And since you listen to America Out Loud, you can get 25% off your products and your first month membership if you use the code OUTLOUD. Find out more? Go to AmericaOutloud.shop, but please check out the wellness company TWC.Health. Use that code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off of products and 25% off your first month of membership.
1: Ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global Healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
2: We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger. But sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, You're ready for anything.
0: Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. We're showing the certainty of death, taxes, and the ghouls that are after gun control. I'm glad you could come back. I'm glad you joined us. We spent the first first segment uh, talking about some of the, well, we'll call them the dumber things that people say when it comes to gun control and this utopianist idea that oh by if we just get rid of guns everybody will stop killing each other as if it's the gun that's making them kill themselves kill kill each other it's it's ridiculous and you know there's one state and again I was born and raised in New York New York has very strict gun control laws I you should you have no idea what I went through to get a carry permit in the state of New York. It's difficult. It's long it's a pain in the butt. But uh Another place like that is, is California. Now, California comes up with these ridiculous laws, uh, and and I love the, the when they have laws that that uh, are physically impossible to actually comply with, um, you know, or or, or rec- put in requirements that make absolutely no difference in actually decreasing gun crime. Now, California for thirty-four years has what they call an assault weapons ban. Now. This thing has quite a bit of a history, but um, back on October 19th, uh, U.S. District Judge uh, Roger Benitez um, opined that uh, he decided that the law prohibiting law-abiding citizens from being able to practice their Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Now, again, Benitez has been pretty good. He said, listen, the Constitution says you have a right to keep and bear arms. you're telling people, no, they don't have a right to keep and bear arms. The Constitution wins. Well, except it's not left there. See, there, California is in the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals. I refer to the circus because it seems to be populated by a lot of clowns. Um, and in a, a three-judge panel, voted two to one to say, no, we're going to block that opinion of of justice, the injunction by Justice um, Benitez. Now, why? Well, the the panel said that uh, Judge Benitez's decision was dangerous and misguided. Really? Why was it dangerous and why was it misguided? Well, you see, Attorney General Bonta of California says, weapons of war do not belong on our streets, except an AR-15 is not a weapon of war. Trust me, there are not soldiers or airmen going into battle with an AR-15. But you see, an AR-15 looks a lot like an M4 or an M16, so obviously it's got to be just as dangerous. Cause, well, uh, we're dumb as a box of rocks. But this case also shows the difference between someone making an argument based on evidence and one based in emotion. For example, Judge Benitez Benito's argued that what most people, what we call the modern sporting rifle, including the AR-15. They're owned by many law abiding citizens across the country. He also noted that they're virtually the same as other legal semi automatic weapons in the state, which is absolutely true. You know, you take apart uh, an AR 15, it's a semi automatic uh, weapon firing a, a 223 or a 556 round. Um, some, for those of you who may not know, semi automatic means you pull the trigger once, one round comes out. If you want to shoot another round, you have to let go and pull a an, pull the trigger again. That's semi-automatic. But you see, people like uh, Bonta and I would assume um, you know, Behar and Haynes think that it's like they see in the movies and oh my god, you know they go all Rambo. But that's not the way it works. Which means functionally, not aesthetically. Functionally, an AR-15. It Really isn't that isn't any different from any other two two three or five five six caliber semi-automatic weapon. You put uh, uh, an old style stock on it. It functions the same. It shoots the same. The same rounds at the same speed. But it's not considered an assault weapon because it doesn't look scary. But you see the the uh, uh, Ninth Circus Court of Appeals says that that it's dangerous to actually, will allow people to exercise their right. It's misguided to actually, oh, I don't know, fulfill the oath of support to support the Constitution, to place the Constitution above the laws of the United States and above the laws of, of the state of California. We don't care about that. So I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, if you live in California, your ability to protect yourself with a weapon that is, again, it, it, with a little bit of training, is a very useful weapon for home defense. Someone breaks into your house, someone threatens your house, there's a riot outside. The AR-15, with a little bit of training, is an excellent tool because it's simple. It has the options you need to make it more effective. It can be used by multiple people with, with adjustments that can be made on the fly. All these good reasons they don't care about because it looks scary. You take the same AR-15 action and you put it into a, a different stock and the state of California says it's absolutely fine. So that's the difference between a, a rational argument and a emotional argument. But here's the other thing. See, so we look at, at, at Banta and Behar and, and all those and they always look at one side of the story. They look at the, the main mass murderer and say, Oh my God, he used a gun. We have to get rid of guns. You know what they never seem to pay attention to? The other side of the story, when guns are used to protect people. For example, in the District of Columbia, right, DC, crime is, violent crime is, is, is growing. Homicides are up 33% this year alone. Now, there was an investigation, D.C. police found during their initial investigation, there was a federal security officer who was off-duty. He's an off-duty federal security officer. He's sitting in his car when two juveniles uh, demanded that he exit his vehicle. They, They were trying to carjack him. Now, one of the suspects was reportedly holding his hand in front of his front waistband pocket as if he had a handgun says so a security officer was getting out of the car he used the handgun to shoot one of the suspects while the other one fled now the security guard legally owned the firearm he's cooperating with the investigation and at the moment is not facing criminal charges why because he had a reason to believe he was an imminent threat of life of death or serious bodily injury that's pretty much the standard in all 50 states and all the territories for using Lethal force in 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 a situation. Two guys tried, two kids trying to carjack you, and um, you know, one looks like he's he's ready to reach for a gun. Okay, that's the that that that's you have a a right to defend your life. Now, a lot of people have made a big deal of the fact that the um, the boy that was shot was 13 years old, and that is sad. A 13 year old life. Destroyed, but again, not ruined by the security officer no this thirteen year old has been in in an in instance of carjacking in the past, meaning that he's threatened to to hurt harm and take people and take their and take their guns but yet the criminal justice system I believe he had been arrested in a previous uh a uh, uh, previous incident. Yet here he is, out on the streets, doing it again. Now realize, pretty much the only reason this man was able to defend himself was because he was a federal security officer. See, D.C.'s gun laws makes it all but impossible for a law-abiding citizen to carry a firearm for self-defense. They put all these things in the way. What if that weren't just a, a federal security officer? What if that wasn't your family members? What, was that? what if that were you? And you don't have a, you're not a federal security officer, meaning you're just like everybody else. And in a DC, it's near impossible. You can't carry a firearm unless you have the right connections. Would they have been able to defend, would that person been able to defend themselves? what about this? And you say, well, yeah, all right. But, but again, he was, he was, he was a federal security. He's, he's trained in this. He's, he's familiar with all this. He knows what he's doing. But let me tell you about this incident that happened in Nashville. That's right. Nashville, same city where we had that, that horrible mass murder in the school. Well, apparently uh, one criminal had report was, was, uh, had, uh, was armed, masked and stole a car. Which he then crashed on I-440, which, for those of you who don't know, is kind of a beltway that goes around the southern part of downtown Nashville. Now, this he fled the area and he fled and he ended up in a residential area. Now, Louis Mina was picking up his granddaughters from daycare when this person confronted them and attempted to steal Mina's pickup truck while holding the family at gunpoint. So man, you're Mr. Mina, you're there with your granddaughters, and a guy with a gun holds you at gunpoint to get your truck. And despite the fact that Mina tried to to prevent him from from taking the truck, um, he got thrown to the ground, and he was knocked unconscious. Now this seems to be a pretty bad situation, right? They're going to take the gun? Is, the, is this criminal going to let the girls out? What's going to happen next? This has got to be a father or grandfather's worst nightmare. I mean, it's bad enough to have a, a, a vehicle stolen, but his grandbabies were in that in that vehicle. Now thankfully, the older of the two, a seven-year-old, was able to escape from the truck and bring her three-year-old sister with her. They were safe. And again, it was only because the seven-year-old, either through the presence of mine or just <laughs> blatant fear, was able to not only get out of the truck, but bring her three-year-old sister with her. I have to wonder, would it have been different if Mr. Mina had been, had been armed? If Mr. Mina had been in a position to drive the, the attacker off? I mean, think about it. Again, the only reason these two girls are safe is the presence of mind of one of them. What could have happened should pretty much scare all of us. You know, there's a reason why I've had to talk with my family. What happens if an armed person shows up? What happens if there's a, what do you do? How do we let each other know? How do you trigger? What's your reaction? I thank God we have never need to use it. I I used to drive my daughter crazy. We'd stop at a restaurant or a store, and I'd ask her, where are the exits? And it took quite a while for her to start recognizing the importance of knowing where the exits are, knowing there's always an exit out back. Through the kitchen in a restaurant or through the stockroom, there's almost always a store out back where you can escape. I don't know if that man, if that grandfather talked to his his granddaughters, or if it was just... God's blessing, but I'm happy that the daughters were safe. And of course, we live in 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 Tennessee, where you know what um, the uh, the ability to legally carry a firearm is relatively easy. Um, so I I don't know if that was a, a decision, but I'm I'm always going to wonder what if what if someone had if this man had been able to to defend himself and his babies, we'll, we'll never know because you can't prove a negative. There's one other story I want to look at here before we get to the break, and that is uh, a recent FBI raid in Baltimore. See, there's a, a gun control group known as Safe Streets. And, um, well, they're, they're alleged to have been uh, mixed up with the very gang members that they're supposed to be keeping in check. You see, back in 2007, with crime still rising in Baltimore, uh, Safe Streets was created to work as a liaison between the city police department and the, the local gangs. At least that's according to the city's web page on the program. However, um, now there's questions about where their loyalties actually lie. Now the FBI has not released any details to explain why uh, it committed the raid. What was the, the probable cause? Um, so it's something to keep to keep an eye out on, but. Uh, Again, it, it it does certainly bring into question. And there certainly were plenty of city, uh, Baltimore City Democrats, who were running for cover, to think maybe this group isn't uh, the ones we need to be associated with because of these the whatever these uh, accusations that they have been working with the very gang members that they were supposed to be um, a liaison for that they may actually be uh, colluding with. So, uh, an accusation is not proof. They deserve their day in court, and we'll see what happens. But it comes back to the same thing. It, to me, it's a question of, am I going to be dependent on other people to defend me, or do I want to be dependent on myself to defend my, me and my family? And again, I'm not even saying that the FBI, is certainly, they, they don't have a reputation lately of being pure as a wind-driven snow. So we're, we're going to have to see. But I've also seen enough stories of men and women who, because they were denied the ability to carry in a certain location, suffered great harm, and others where these guns were used to protect life. In fact, according, last time I checked, according to the FBI statistics, guns are used to defend people, guns in the hands of citizens are used to defend people something like 10 times as often as they're used to kill people. So. If you're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, things may actually get more dangerous, not less. Before I head off to my break, though, I want to remind you, you know, some of these stories I get from AmericaOutloud.news. I go there every day to find out what's going on, and I recommend you do as well. It's a great place to get different points of view from different people, but I think there's something more we need to do. See, I want you to find the stories, the podcasts, the articles, the videos that touch you, that move you, that say something important, and I want you to share them. See, it's not simply the publishing of this information that secures the blessing of liberty. It's the sharing and the exposing of other people to these other ideas, and you can be part of of that when you share them. You're also helping to secure the blessing of liberty.
2: For the soul of humanity.
1: Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out Out AmericaOutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let nurses out loud hear how your health has improved.
2: These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. HealthyCell.com, code out loud.
0: Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Today, we've been talking about death, taxes, and the ghouls that are after gun control. Um, I covered a lot of that in the first two segments, but I keep telling you, I like questions. I have a couple questions that I want to answer in the last segment here. Uh, by the way, if you want to ask a question, I love people asking questions as long as they're uh, about the Constitution and they're rational and, and and you know not argumentative. Just go to constitutionstudy.com. You'll see the Ask a Question button in the menu. Fill out the form. Just hit the checkbox if you'd like me to answer it here on the radio, and I'll be more than happy to do so. Um, I have a couple questions today, and these... These both revolve around topics I've heard repeatedly um, that uh, I want to cover. The first comes from a gentleman named Brian. His question is You talk frequently about the Bill of Rights protects our freedom by prohibiting Congress from infringing on them and noting they do not apply to the states. Could you do a show about the 14th Amendment and how it has led to the incorporation of the Bill of Rights? Well, Brian, I have to start with a correction. See, I've never said that the Bill of Rights. does not apply to the states. I have frequently pointed out that the First Amendment does not apply to the states because the language of the First Amendment starts out with five words. Congress shall make no law. Congress, according to Article 1, Section 1, Clause 1, is the name of the federal legislature. So obviously, the First Amendment says Congress shall not make a law. The other nine amendments say no such thing. They provide no limitation. It's actually the courts that have said um, starting with, uh, I think it's Chief Justice Mar- Marshall when he wrote in Barron that the Bill of Rights does not apply to the states. Now, to me, this is a direct violation of Article 5, which claims that when a a, a, a amendment to the Constitution is proposed and sent to the state for ratification, it, uh, the, Article 5 says, in either case shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution, when ratified by the legislatures of three fourths of the several states, so you cannot legally separate the Bill of Rights from the rest of the Constitution. You can't say, "Well, this is special and we treat this differently." That's a violation of Article Five. Now, what's interesting is you go back to Marshall and Barron where this idea of, "Well, um, you know, the the, the Constitution—they—they they never thought it was the Bill of Rights would apply to the states," uh, and and his reasoning is, we'll we'll call it thin. Chief Justice Marshall wrote the opinion in Barron v. Baltimore, in which he said, quote, in the original Constitution, in the ninth and tenth sections of the first article, draws this plain and marked line of discrimination between the limitations it imposes on the powers of the general government and on those of the state. All right, let's stop there for a second. So he's saying, listen, if you go to Article 1, Sections 9 and 10, it shows a distinction between uh rules applying to the federal government and to the state. Well, that's kind of interesting because I've read these and um I can't find what he's talking about. See now section article one, section nine uh does say th- does place some limitations. Um, but uh, article nine lists general legis- uh, limitations things like uh, the rid of the, the the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus or um uh the uh migration uh, or of people uh, no direct or capita no capitation on direct tax shall be laid except in proportion to sentence census, census census all right so there's nothing in there that kind of says uh, okay this is focus on the states of the feds now section 10 does put limitations on the states every paragraph every clause of the of the the 10th section 10 starts with no state shall do this so i'm not queer sure where he gets this idea that um uh we're supposed that that doesn't apply to to the states i mean when it says. Uh, no tax or duty shall be laid on articles exported from any state, does he believe that does not apply to the states as well? Um, When when, when it talks about um, uh, the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus, does he think it's going to apply in federal court but not state court? Especially since Article 6, Clause 2, the Supremacy Clause, specifically states that the judges are bound to the Constitution. Right. Article 6, Clause 2, this Constitution and the laws of the United States which should be made in th- pursuance thereof, and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land, and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby, anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary, notwithstanding. So is he telling me that when Article 1, uh, Section 9 says, uh, uh, yeah, you know, um, rid of habeas corpus, it, it doesn't go away, that that doesn't apply to the states? That's what he's implying. Uh, Chief Justice Marshall went on to say, "If in every inhibition act in, intended to act on state power words are employed which expressly direct, uh, directly express that intent, some strong reason must be assigned for the departing from this safe and judicious cause in framing the amendments before the departure can be assumed. We search in vain for that reason. Well, first of all, he's assuming that in order to be applied to the states." It specifically has to say the states but that assumes that the federal constitution that the, the compact the states were ent- entering into they did not believe it would imply apply to them um, that doesn't really pass a smell test show me where in the constitution does it say that unless otherwise designated this applies only to the United States it, you can't find that either now the reason what he says that, that he searched for in vain for a reason that it should apply to the states, again, I go back to the supremacy clause. The judges in every state are bound to the Constitution. If you're bound to the Constitution and it says the writ root of habeas corpus shall not be you know denied, does it, a state judge isn't just they just as bound to that as anywhere else? In other words, the idea that unless the Constitution expressly designates who they're talking about, shouldn't it be all parties to the compact? If you sign a contract, uh, say, between you and a building contractor that says uh, um, all uh, 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 uh remediation will be handled in a timely period. All remediation of issues will be handled within two weeks does that doesn't that apply to both parties to that compact contract, not simply the people working under that contract so uh starting there, Brian with this idea of it didn't apply it was made up by Chief Justice Marshall. I've had a lot of people try to prove otherwise, but so far, not one person has shown me any document from the the drafting of the Bill of Rights to their ratification in the states that implied that it was in any way different from the rest of the Constitution. That it was th- that I know there were several people that were concerned about. Well, you know, this was the, 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 this is the federal Constitution. We didn't want uh, an abuse of powers. But those abusive of powers could just as easily be handled by the states that were parties to the compact, and no one has, has pointed out to say yes, this applies to uh, only to the to the federal government. In fact, James Madison, who drafted many of the amendments that eventually became, I should say, proposed amendments that eventually became the Bill of Rights, was very concerned about the abuse of state power, and in fact, he proposed nineteen amendments. Um, many in the house uh only 12 came back from the senate and of those 12 only 10 were were ratified by the states in 1792 and of those 10 one and only one said anything about applying only to congress so if the bill of rights was only meant to apply to the federal government why would they call out congress in that one particular place so I wasn't gonna do a whole program about it because I, I think that it'd be a lot to cover. But I hope you understand that if you're if you want to see a bit more, if you want to look at some quotes, um, go to ConstitutionStudy.com and just search for incorporation doctrine. I wrote an article about it a few years ago, and I would probably update it if I were to rewrite it. But it's got some some of the basics, which I think you'll find uh, helpful. Uh, my next question isn't so much isn't a question. Someone posted to the website. But it involves questions I've been dealing with a lot lately with a lot of different people. And it comes from this idea that uh, Congress has the power to um, effectively protect vaccine manufacturers from redress of grievance. You know, that that under the PrEP Act, people are not allowed to sue uh, vaccine manufacturers for problems with the vaccine. And that's blatantly, uncon- it's a violation of the First Amendment. You see, the First Amendment says that Congress shall make no law, among other things, uh, abridging the right of the people to petition government for a redress of grievance. Well, if I have a grievance against a vaccine manufacturer, how can Congress pass a law that abridges my right to go to court, which is government, for a redress of said grievance? They can't. So this is unconstitutional. That means it's not part of the supreme law of the land, because the PREP Act was a law made not pursuant to the constitution it is therefore not the supreme law land. in fact it is void it is invalid alexander hamilton said in federal 78 no legislative act therefore contrary to the constitution can be valid to deny this would to affirm that the deputy is greater than his principal, that the servant is above his master that the representatives of the people are superior to the people themselves so it's not valid in fact uh Marbury versus Madison Ex parte Sebold Northern v. Jelby County these are all Supreme Court cases that said unconstitutional you know, acts are void empty meaningless as if they had never been passed so there's problem number one and I'm still waiting for someone to point this out in court but there's more to this they say well what they did they didn't they didn't take away your right to petition they took responsibility onto the government show me where in the Constitution is Congress given the authority to take on liability from a private entity? The answer is nowhere. Nowhere are they authorized to do that, which means it's not a power delegated to the United States, which means it's a violation of the Tenth Amendment, which means it's a law not made pursuant to the Constitution. Therefore, it's not the supreme law of the land. It's unconstitutional. It is invalid. It is void. Now, there is a group, I think it's the Informed Consent Action Network, that is working on a lawsuit uh, going after the PrEP Act. But what I've heard so far, they missed this most fundamental of problems with the PrEP Act, especially the uh um liability for vaccine damages. And that is that is unconstitutional. It's not it, it is a flagrant violation of the First Amendment. It is a flagrant violation of the 10th Amendment. And while they may have some procedural points. If it's a violation of the fundamental, the supreme, the paramount law of the land, shouldn't that be enough to get it thrown out? Shouldn't that be enough for judges, both at the federal level and at the state level, to say, hey, wait a second, Congress can't do that. Yeah, let this lawsuit go. You, you, can't, you cannot deprive people of their right, Congress cannot deprive people of the right to petition their government for a redress of grievance. You put whatever fancy words on it you want. It's unconstitutional. It's therefore invalid. It is irrational to apply that law. It's about time some of our judges, and yes, some of our politicians, learn about that. And I think if we started learning about that, um, it would make a tremendous difference in how we live our lives. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that's one of the things we do at the, at the, um, at, at the Constitution Study Patriots program. The boot camp, I show you how things like the the Supremacy Clause and the 10th Amendment and the, the 5th and 14th Amendments, how powerful they are to protect your rights. And that we need not only to learn them ourselves, we need to make sure our sheriffs know about them and understand them, that our state legislators, that our governors, that they know about it as well, so that they can help us protect our rights. Because if you think about this, Pretty nice, not just these questions, but all the articles. It really comes down to who is protecting your rights and who should be protecting your rights. So you have a right to live your life. Are you going to be dependent on a government actor in the form of a law enforcement officer to protect your rights? Because law enforcement isn't always there. But you have states trying to take away your ability to protect your life and those of your family. With the best tools possible because they're afraid. And I believe some of them are simply misled. I believe others are afraid. What they're afraid of is if the people are armed, then our domination over them will always be limited. As Nora Webster said before a standing army can rule, the people must be disarmed, as they are in almost every kingdom in Europe the supreme power in america cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword because the whole body of the people are armed and constitute a force superior to any bands of regular troops that can be on any pretense raised in the united states a military force at the command of congress can execute no laws but such as the people perceive to be just and constitutional, for they will possess the power and jealously will instantly inspire the inclination to resist the execution of a law which appears to them unjust and oppressive. You see the whole bridge here. From the ability to be armed, to defend yourself not against Bambi and Thumper, but against tyrants, to the enforcement and protection of your rights protected by the Constitution. These all are, have become effectual because the people are armed. And the government can't come in and simply force it by military or regulatory or, or, or law enforcement response because the people have a way to defend themselves against that. And yes, it sounds scary. But let me ask you this. Would you rather depend on your rights being protected by yourself and your neighbors Or by say um joe biden uh uh mr johnson mr schumer or the nine high priests in black robes on the supreme court personally i'd rather have my rights protected by my own hands let them help they'll give me the chance to do it with my own hands i hope you like that i hope i hope you come back and ask more questions again constitutionstudy.com. Click the Ask a Question button. I love answering questions. I'm always looking for more. I also hope you come back and join us every weekday for the Constitution Study on America Out Loud Talk Radio heard on the iHeartRadio network. Can't listen then? All episodes go to podcasts, generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave the episodes ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts for me. It helps other people find the Constitution study and find this information as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as always, I'm going to ask you to share them. See, it's not individually that we have power. It's when we bind together to support each other that we can more safely exercise those blessings of liberty.